Your call is very important to us. Please hold. Hi, it's me, John David Booter. And this is done to disappear. With me, John David Booter. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no scratchy sounding phone calls in this week's episode. We heard you loud and clear. Due to poor cell phone service in Davistone, Pennsylvania, and or a general lack of clarity in terms of what exactly it is I'm even investigating, a majority of the phone calls in last week's episode were hard to hear and difficult to comprehend for people who don't appreciate elevated artistic storytelling aesthetics. I just want to offer that maybe if you participated in Himalaya's executive success program, you would know that if you wanted to understand the phone calls from the last episode, you could have understood the phone calls in the last episode. You just have to believe within yourself that you did understand the phone calls from the last episode, and then tell other people that you understood the phone calls from the last episode. Which leads me to my second point. I've heard from many of you on social media that you think that Himalaya sounds like some kind of cult. Now look, I will admit that Himalaya does sound like an adorable name for a baby horse, but I guarantee you it's not. It is a multi-level marketing company that is also a podcast platform that is also a podcast network. And if you really can't help but continue your crusade against our organization, we will litigate and that is a threat. One of Himalaya's high priestesses is Jessica Smirnoff of the Smirnoff family. Maybe you've heard of them? They're the inventors of vodka. It's a clear type of alcohol that's great for chasing Klonopin. So Himalaya's courtroom costs are a non-issue. So you can either drop it, or we'll see you in court. All of you listeners out there are the closest people to me in my life. But honestly, recently, you've been acting super suppressive. Himalaya only wants the best for me, and I don't know why my happiness upsets you. Now, since a lot of these phone calls you guys were moaning about were very important because they're all I have to work with right now, in today's episode, we're gonna do something we've never done before in a main episode of Don't Disappeared. We're gonna pump the brakes a little bit and go over everything we know so far. The people, the places, the timeline, and we're going to play for you some new and improved reenactments of the phone calls from episode five, so you won't miss a word. Look, here's the deal, okay? I need you to listen very carefully so I can be sure that you understand me. We've reached the point in Dun Disappeared where you as a listener are almost exactly where we are. In fact, my deadline for the season three premiere was five weeks ago when episode one premiered. And the weeks since have just flown by. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get information. I'm trying to take care of myself. I'm trying to find Christine. And it's just all happened so fast that I almost had no choice but to slow down for a moment because this case is so complex and it's intricately plotted and intentionally plotted. And I'm just one person and I've been through a lot. And I'm, I'm certainly not doing this right now because I need to fill time because I've burned through all the content I've gathered so far. And now I'm trying to formulate a worthwhile podcast out of nothing in real time. This is all and always has been a part of the plan. Trust me, guys, I know what I'm doing. It's me, John David Booter. Remember? Have I ever had the second half of a season go off the rails and ultimately botch the ending? I don't think so, personally. From atop my high horse in Davistone, Pennsylvania, in association with me, John David Booter. This 
is done disappearing with me, John David Booter. Sorry, you know what? And another thing. Because season three of Done Disappeared is now really happening in real time and you are exactly where we are, there's a whole lot of stuff about this story that I can't tell you yet. So please stop asking me to explain. Like, can we please just all relax and just like, I don't know, try to be patient? Look, I promise this will all make sense very, very soon. And I also promise that this story will have an ending, okay? It will, I, I promise, it, it does. It already it has an ending, it's ended. It's already over, and I am going to figure it out. I, I just, I need a little bit more time, and I need you to just have a little bit of faith in me, and I don't see why anyone would doubt that I would be able to find a way to wrap this up and convince myself and everybody else that I have solved this case, because I've done it, not once, but twice before. So I just don't see why you'd think this season would be any different. I mean, four weeks ago, Christine's disappearance wasn't an issue at all, and no one was concerned about her. But since I started inciting distrust and fear in the community, the whole town can't stop talking about it. Look, I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to get upset. You guys, you guys are my world. My fans are everything to me, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot right now, and I've never felt more vulnerable, and I, I want to be honest with you guys, because you're all that I have, and I need your support right now, okay? The criticism, the inferences, the the snark. I mean, people are out there spoofing me, spoofing my work. I just, I need you on my side and I need you engaged in the story, okay? Thank you, thank you so much. So, unlike the cases you're used to hearing about on other true crime podcasts, people's names, the timeline, and who said what are all crucial to understanding and eventually solving this case. So, I'd like to clarify that for some of you, and then maybe, we can work together to flesh out the narrative. What we have right now is basically a bunch of connective tissue that isn't attached to anything and isn't connecting anything. So to solve this puzzle and bring Crestine home, we're going to have to figure this out as partners. Okay? Okay. Here we go. We'll start by just clarifying. Crestine Night Market Song, AKA Blessica Beans, was a beautiful, attractive, good-looking woman. Very attractive, I mean, just stunning. Oh, she had that hair, it was just so long, like like Pamela Anderson, looking like some kind of celebrity, like Lauren Conrad, like, like Heidi Montag on the heels. Oh, yes. But she's just so gorgeous, you know? There's just nothing worse and nothing more sad than a gorgeous white woman who is missing. Understood? Great. Let's proceed. Christine was last seen, as far as we know, three weeks ago at a full moon knitting circle. Make sense? Perfect. Cool. Moving on. Now, let's go over who the most important people are in the case. First, there's me, John David Booter. Hi, it's me, John David Booter. Then, there's Christine Night Market Song, AKA Blessica Beans. Everybody around here going to the stars say, then there's Crestine Night Market Song's parents, Jim and Diane. Not a memorable girl. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would not make a podcast about her. No. A movie, maybe, because she was real yeah, gorgeous, yeah, yeah. but a podcast about her would be real boring. Yes, yes, it would. Then there's Crawdad. You can call me Crawdad. Then there's Crestine's boyfriend, Boyfriend. I didn't see her that night, but when I picked her up from Doodlebug, she told me she was feeling strange. She was feeling Scared. Then there's Crestine's landlord, Dandra Bellows. And it was just like she knew. 
You're gonna be gone. I mean, he gave me the chills, and... Then there's Paranormal Supernatural Museum curator, Danella Bangles. You know, human crime, murder, or abduction, or witchcraft, or, you know, just even gossip. I'm upset about it, but I am feeling good about living in Davistown, because like there's good stuff too, you know? Then there's sweet, pure Lee Filler. I need some dogs to feed them piss cakes. You can go down to the bakery, you can see for yourself, they got all kind of piss cakes down here. Davistown's all about piss cakes. They got... Piddle nothing. They got poop cobbler. They got all that stuff. Fix you right up. Take that darkness right outside of you with the piss cake. Then there's Cynthia Downs. Aliens want to come visit here. If they came to Earth, they would go to Davistown first. That's what I've heard. Then there's Agatha Bones. My name is Agatha Bones. I'm the groundskeeper here. Then there's Comprehension Tuttle. I shall call this city Davistown. Then there's Constance Tuttle. <laughs> Then there's Abigail, Agatha, Dorcas, the other Abigail, Sarah, Mary, Mary Margaret, Elizabeth, Elizabetha, the other Agatha, Prudence, and always last but never least, Patience. Then there's Tudu Bath. Then there's Bibbin. Then there's Amanda from Stitch Fix, a personal online styling service that helps find clothes for your body budget and lifestyle. With my busy production schedule, I rely on Stitch Fix to help me look and feel my absolute best. Just calling to let you know that, as always, I have handpicked five items to send to your door, and per usual, just try everything on, keep only what you love, and return the rest. Shipping and handling is always free. Great, thanks Amanda. And what was the website with the promo code? Stitchfix.com Stitchfix.com disappeared. disappeared. Got it. To get 25% off their first right, box. Right, 25% off. Stitchfix.com slash disappeared. Stitchfix.com slash disappeared. Okay, Understood. thanks. Then there's Krevin. Krevin. Then there's Sturvin and Struvin. Sturvin, Struvin. Then of course... <laughs> And then there's the people we haven't spoken with. Doodlebug, Spudnik, Dippy Dan, Jonesy, Blabs, Yellow Hat Dave, Pickled Pepper Peter, Dumb Sue, Tara, Megan, Jamie Lee Curtains, and last but not least, there's me, John David Booter. Got it? Great. Moving on. Now that we're all caught up with the people in the story, let's go over the timeline. As far as we know, Christine was last seen a few weeks ago. Got it? Cool. Now, as promised, let's revisit our phone call with Yellow Hat Dave. Yellow Hat Dave's phone had terrible service, and the quality of the audio alone made the call almost impossible for the average listener to understand. Hey man, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's a, it's a really sad situation, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I knew her, she would come in. She came in pretty much every Monday morning, and she would order grits, and she would sit there on the, on the counter and just talked to me and she had like the most beautiful, gorgeous savagery. And, um, you know, last time I saw her was at Jason Terrace's 17th birthday party. And I didn't know her, but, like, you know, we put her on her and, like, we hung out. And, like, there was something, like, uh, strange about That's why I've had the call transcribed and brought in one of the most renowned thespians from legendary theater troupe the Davistown, Pennsylvania players, Rusty Curtis Cummings, to use his acting gifts to bring Yellow Hat Dave vividly to life with a remarkably lived-in characterization that provides clarity to the subtext of this challenging piece. Hey man, I really appreciate what you're doing, you know. It's a really sad situation, you know what I mean? Because I knew her. She would come in, she came in pretty much every Monday morning, and she would order grits, and she would sit there on the counter and, and attack our views. She had, like, a the most beautiful, gorgeous, set her free, you know. 
Last I saw her, she was adjacent to a 17th birthday party. And you know, anyway, I don't know her, but we would play Mario Kart and we would hang out at like there was something strange about the way Jason Derrick, hangry husband Gerald either, because like, they're not really close friends either, so. And I did hear him say something about taking her out to Krispy Kreme and like, do a fever and like, I'm a good person and I would never do something like that. They are my friends, but they they're not like my bosom buddies, you know what I'm saying? Like these are people that I don't really associate, so I never really met her or knew much about her, but it's just sad. And I really hope you find Christina. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I, I just, I can't. I, I have to come out and say it. I have, to, I have to be honest with you. I have I have no idea what is happening or what anybody's talking about. I, I am so lost. I am, I am just as lost as you are. I mean, I, I obviously opened up a real can of worms here. And um, more than any other season, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to need your help to solve this thing because I, I don't know what is I, I Okay, I'm, uh, whew, I'm, I'm going to take a couple of days and just think about this, and then hopefully, you know, something. I'll, I'll just take take a few days, wait for something to happen, so that I have something to talk about that I can talk about as if it already uh, happened. Because I, right, I, right now, I, I, I just don't. I, I can't. Hey guys, it's me, John David Booter. If what just came out of my mouth left you shocked and scratching your head, imagine how I feel when my Quip Electric toothbrush dislodges an inhuman amount of buildup and debris from my teeth every time I brush. If I didn't know any better, I'd be wondering if every night at midnight, I sleepwalked into the kitchen, went into the fridge, pulled out a huge brick of pure plaque, and scrubbed it vigorously into my teeth until it disappeared. Quip's electric toothbrushes start at just $25, and their sonic vibrations clean very deep while being very gentle on my very sensitive gums. And their built-in two-minute timers ensure I clean my mouth evenly when they pulse every 30 seconds. And they're also not picky about whether or not the content they sponsor has any substance at all. That's why I'm thankful for Quip, and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com disappeared right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash disappeared. Getquip.com slash disappeared. You won't be disappointed. Over the past few days, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. A few days ago, in this same episode, I had a bit of an episode in which I freaked out and screamed at my listeners. Here's a recap. Four weeks ago, Christine's disappearance wasn't an issue at all, and no one was concerned about her. But since I started inciting distrust and fear in the community, the whole town can't stop talking about it. The pressure I'd been feeling from Himalaya to deliver a game-changing podcast again was starting to get to me. And my social media addiction and habit of Googling myself led me to be exposed to the one thing more detrimental to me than anything else. Criticism. No matter how light or valid, criticism is almost impossible for me to take and has led to some of my most debilitating bouts of depression and some of my most indignant outbursts. And I'm recording, okay, I'm on the swings, I'm knitting, and I just, I don't know if any of this is sustainable. 
And as I sat with my Zoom recorder, knitting my giant blanket scarf thing, sitting on an old swing under an oak tree at my Airbnb, I began to wonder if any of this was sustainable. If my success as a podcaster with a brand was meant to be short-lived. Maybe the novelty of Dunn Disappeared and me, John David Booter, was bound to wear off. Maybe it already had. With the state of my spirits, I couldn't imagine how to possibly turn my attention back to Crestine. Maybe it was time to come down from my high horse, out of Davistone, and back to my mother's basement. I started to think that maybe I should leave podcasting behind and get back to what I do best, filmmaking. And then I realized I've never made a film. I was trapped. And when I called Himalaya to suggest that maybe this had run its course, they told me that I'd committed to 10 episodes and if I didn't fulfill my obligations to my sponsors and give them 80%, they'd take my mother June's house away and leave us both on the street. This response was exactly what I needed. There's nothing more motivating than a serious threat from people who want the best for you. And as a Himalayan myself, I trusted Himalaya implicitly. They'd continued to book me guest spots on the biggest podcasts around. Next time on Done Disappeared, I'll be appearing on the hit podcast from comedian Doug Jensen, doing Doug with Crack. And while I am very nervous about doing Doug, I am very excited to meet Crack. I'd even been noticing the Himalayan logo graffitied around Davistone, sprayed on the walls and etched into the trees in the woods. It was the same logo I had been branded with on my right forearm, a star within a circle. The way I'd always interpreted the design was that the star represented me, John David Booter, brilliant and bright, and the circle represented Himalaya, protecting me from harm and the influence of outsiders. It seemed to me like Davistone was chock full of Himalaya subscribers and had been for some time. And that seemed to me like a sign that maybe there was a reason why I was here. Maybe I was meant to be here. Maybe with the support of everyone who cares about me, Himalaya and all of you who've stuck with me over this increasingly puzzling season, I would be able to pull myself up, stuff my feet in my shoes, wrap myself in a massive blanket, grow a full beard in two days, do some press, and find a way to solve this thing. This wasn't the first season where I'd freaked out in episode six, and Crestine wasn't the first missing person I couldn't find at first. After all, when I told you in the beginning of this episode that since this was happening in real time, there were many things I couldn't tell you yet, so please stop asking me to explain, I was being serious. Because what you don't know is that just this morning, earlier today, just now, right before this, I found out some shocking news. And I believe that Crestine Night Market song has been found. And I believe that I found it. Next time on Done Disappeared. Hello, John David. My name is Agatha Bones. I'm the groundskeeper here. You know everyone in town is real happy you're here, sir. Thank you. We all listen to your podcast, and it's real good. You do? We love podcasts here in Daviston. I'll tell you one thing. No one in Daviston's ever made no podcast that solved a crime. Matter of fact, no one in Daviston's ever solved no crime at all. No, sir. 
when people done disappear in Daviston, they just, they disappear. And they're never seen again? I mean, yeah, they, they disappear. Oh my God. Done Disappeared is written and produced by me, John David Booter. Edited by me, John David Booter. Additional reporting for this episode by me, John David Booter. Music by VHS Witch. Additional music by Ashley Dance. Additional music by Johan Johan Johannesburg. Done Disappeared Season 3 is presented by Himalaya and sponsored by Stitch Fix and Quip. Thanks for listening. And until next time, please, don't disappear.